Excellent. I forget to do this often, but that's the Vance Memorial Presbyterian Church Chancel Choir under the direction of Mrs. Debbie Briding. Okay, we're going to do something today that we don't usually do. And for the little kid that was sitting up here a while ago who said, yeah, we don't use the Bible in our church. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord Jesus. Um, All of you should have Bibles in front of you in the pews where you're sitting. And I'd like you to actually look at them today, if you would. About this far in, you're going to find the book of 1 Samuel. Not 2 Samuel, but 1 Samuel. And we're going to read out of chapter 2, which is a... uh, An article called Hannah's Prayer. So let me set the scene for you with Hannah. And then after we're done with that, we're going to go and read what is Mary's Prayer, known as the Magnificat. And we're going to look at how they're the same, because they're very similar. There was a formula that was used to make these prayers. And hopefully we learn something about Mary and Jesus as we do this. The thing about Hannah is Hannah was married to, um, to well, let me say this name correctly, Elkaniah. And Elkaniah had another wife, because they were all polygamous, right? And his other wife had produced lots of children for him and had been a good wife and he was very pleased with her. But in one of only two places in the entire Bible where it says of a man he loved his wife, Elkaniah loved Hannah. And it grieved his heart that she could not have his children. And so they went every year to the temple to sacrifice and to pray and to worship. And one year when they went to the temple to worship, they prayed for a child. And she prayed that she would no longer be barren and would be able to give Elkaniah the child that they had so desired. And as is often the case in the Old Older Testament where... Women who are barren seek help from the Lord. If they are faithful, the Lord replies and gives them a child. And that child for Elkaniah and Hannah was Samuel. But here's what they did with Samuel. And it's a bizarre story. Think about, think about wanting, wanting a child, doing everything you can to have a child... And then after he was weaned, they gave him to the temple. They so dedicated that child to God that he was, I mean, when is a child weaned? Maybe two? Two years old? Something like that? They gave him to the temple. Eli became his mentor, his his father, if you will. To raise him in the faith. An incredible thing. And eventually, of course, the, the, 
the Lord will call on Samuel to be a great king and judge and prophet for the nation of Israel. But it starts with Hannah. And Hannah prays this prayer in the second chapter of 1 Samuel, starting at the first verse. And this is beautiful, beautiful language she uses in this prayer. But pay attention because it will sound familiar to you if you know anything about Mary's Magnificat. You'll be able to hear similar things. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your victory. There is no one, there is no holy one like the Lord. No one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more. So very proudly. Let not arrogance come to your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings back to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes the poor and makes the rich. He brings low and he exalts. The Lord rises up the poor from the dust. He lifts up the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked will perish in darkness. For not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries, will be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that a beautiful piece of literature, a beautiful prayer? But then we go on to Mary's Magnificat. And I want you to see how they're similar. Because there's a lot of similarities. That you will find in the first chapter of Luke. Starting at the 46th verse. Luke 1, 46. See how it sounds similar to you and see what's different. It tells us a lot about these two women and about their children. Mary said, oh, let me set the setting for this. Mary has gone to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Now, some say that she did that because she was shamed because she was pregnant out of wedlock. That's not exactly true because they were betrothed to one another 
Mary and Joseph, but that may be part of it, or she maybe just went to rest and see her cousin. She spent approximately three months there. And when she went in to see Elizabeth for the first time, Elizabeth, who was barren and conceived in her old age, the child, John the Baptist, leapt in Elizabeth's womb. Mary walked in the room, pregnant with Jesus, and Elizabeth's child leapt in her womb. And the text says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Just by the presence of the in utero Savior, they became filled with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of an incredible story. And while... Mary is there visiting Elizabeth. She prays this prayer. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and, his, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. The Lord has shown strength with his arm, scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Friends, here ends the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now think about this. Two women... In different circumstances, one in her old age, pregnant, giving birth, and then giving her child to the Lord to be raised in the temple. The other pregnant, young, scared, with her cousin. And they both say things like, my soul magnifies the Lord. I exult in God. Praise the Lord for all that God has given me. It seems a little strange. But great is their faith. We know that women who are barren in the Older Testament don't conceive unless they're faithful. And Mary, we know, was chosen by God to carry the Messiah. Now you see in Hannah's prayer that she is a little bit harder on her enemies than Mary is. Hannah's pretty excited that God's going to crush her enemies and she's going to rise up. It's a little different view of God that we get from Mary. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more 
So very proudly let arrogance not come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Mary talks more about herself. God has looked upon me, a lowly servant. Surely from now on, generations will call me blessed. Have you ever been to a Catholic church where they say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. We're still doing that. Surely generations call Mary blessed. And they both go on to present to us ideas of a Messiah who is mighty and warrior-like. Even Mary doesn't get it yet that Jesus is going to be a different kind of king, a different kind of Messiah. So they talk about the bows of the mighty being broken or the Lord showing his arm and his strength to defeat the proud and the haughty and the rich and to bring those with nothing and in need satisfaction. Those who were full, says Hannah. Those who were full. People who could sit at a table and eat. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread. They're not getting wages. They're just getting enough to eat. Those who are hungry or fat with spoil. Jesus has turned, God has turned the tables And Jesus will turn the tables, filling the hungry with good things and sending the rich away empty. Now, why would they say that? Because they're poor. This is not the prayer of a wealthy woman. These are not the prayers of wealthy women. These are prayers of women who love their children and want to see the best for them, but know that as poor kids, that will be nearly impossible. And yet Hannah says it so beautifully. God raises up the poor from the dust. God lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. She's given her child away to the temple. And he will inherit a seat of honor with the princes. Mary remembers God's words to Abraham. The promise of coming to the aid of the children of Israel. 
The way that God has promised to come to the aid of the children of Israel is to be their God. And Israel is to be God's people. But God comes to their aid by providing them with a Savior, a Messiah, an anointed one who will save them. All those words lead us to a place of knowing that God saves. Hannah sacrificed her son so that he might grow in God's ways. God the Father sacrificed his son so that we may grow in God's ways. Let us not forget on this day of birth and life and and renewal. Good Friday comes. Jesus will sacrifice himself for our sins to save us all just as God has promised. Amen.